0: Leaders lead in very different ways. Have you ever had a leader that was a micromanager and basically prevented any progress from being made? What about a leader that was so distant you could never ask them for help? Our guest today has taken a totally different approach and I believe it works well for him.
1: This is a Cook Children's podcast. Welcome to Pediatric Leadership, the new
0: medicine with Dr. Justin Smith, helping physicians become innovators in medicine. Now, here's Dr. Justin Smith. Dr. Britt Nelson is the president of the Cook Children's Physician Network in Fort Worth, Texas, where he oversees a large multi-specialty group of pediatricians and subspecialists. I asked him to come on the program to talk about leadership style because of his email signature. Britt, would you like to tell us what that signature is? Sure, Justin, thank you.
1: My signature is uh, crafted after something I noticed on the Harvard diplomas. It addresses the public, tells all about the degree that the person has earned, and then at the bottom it says your willing servant with the signature of the president of Harvard University. That struck me as that is the way we should be. Someone that has the power as the president of Harvard University or someone who holds a position needs to think of their role as serving those who work with them and serving those who we serve as uh, customers or patients. The last part of my signature, I also stole, (laughs) It was crafted after uh, J.S. Bach and Handel. At the beginning of almost every work they did, the top initials J.J., Jesus help us, in Latin. And at the bottom is S.D.G., Soli Deo Gloria, only for the glory of God. So that
0: frames my signature line. I, I really think like it's not just a signature line for you either. You know, I've certainly seen during my time with Cook Children's and time getting interact with you that it's something that you're very passionate about and sort of this idea of being a servant leader. So, what does that mean to you as far as um, how you interact with um, the physicians that are sort of under your care? What does being a servant leader mean in that context?
1: Well, one of the things I noticed is that many of the great leaders of our history had um, this idea of being the servant of those who they were leading. Take, for example, the Albanian nun, Mother Teresa, or Mahatma Gandhi, or uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Albert Schweitzer, and Jesus Christ. You look at what some of their quotes are. Um, Gandhi said, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Uh, Martin Luther King said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Schweitzer says, I don't know what your destiny will be, but one thing I know, the only ones among you who will be really happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. And finally, my boss, Jesus said, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first will be your slave. He came, in his own words, to, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life for others. So, thinking about that, how can we not think that our greatest impact for you as a physician and the other colleagues that you have, the whole staff, the administration, and particularly our patients, that's why we're here, is to serve.
0: And I think I see it um, also, you know, you're dealing with physicians, but also nursing leadership and, you know, all the way down, you know, I think even for me, servant leadership extends all the way down to sort of other staff that you may interact with in the hallway, you know, in the cafeteria, you know, it doesn't just, you can't be a servant leader only to those people who you can stand to benefit from. It's more of a mindset. I mean, do would you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that.
1: And I think it's essential in what we do of taking care of patients because as you know, my career was in in critical care medicine. That is a team sport. And it's not just the team right at the bedside, it's the people who make sure the room is clean and has no organisms left from the last patient. The people who bring the supplies when you hold your hand out, when you need them in an emergent situation. It's the people who get on the phone and call someone else to come to your bedside to help you. It's a team, every one of them equally important every one of them needing to serve and to be served all the time
0: and I think that's an important point and, you know in critical care medicine you it's not that you're it's not servant leadership doesn't mean being passive because there's certainly times when you're in a situation where you have to say I need this and I need it now and it's not about oh can you please help me uh, it's more about I would say the relationships you built over time and sort of the deposits you put in so that when it's time to withdraw, you know, you have a good foundation. Nobody nobody sort of, it doesn't shock them that you're asking for help.
1: It's true. And with the attitude of, I want you to be the best you can be. So sometimes we have a crucial conversation about something that needs to be changed in order to make you better at what you do and better about the way you think about things. So uh, each piece of that, yes, there is frequently some assertive nature to the conversation, but it's always with the heart of, I want something better for you. I want something better for the patient you're taking care of.
0: And I was listening to actually a podcast this week about sort of super bosses and talking about some of the people like Lauren Michaels with Saturday Night Live and uh, some of the football coaches who have gone on to have just generations and generations of people underneath them who have gone on to do great things. And it strikes me that um, if you have this attitude of servant leadership, as you said, you're sort of trying to make the best out of those that are around you, I guess sometimes that means you you make them so good that they move on. And we were just talking about that before we started recording how, um, you know, as physicians, we kind of have this mindset of we're in it for the long haul because we have patients and relationships. Um, But sometimes we, if you're a servant leader, you probably make people so good that they outgrow the role that you were leading them in.
1: That happened very frequently in the intensive care unit. When I first arrived, uh, we put the nurses at the bedside in charge of presenting on rounds. They, they did the whole schmear. And what they figured out very quickly is, hey, I'm pretty smart. And then they would go back and get another degree and move out of the intensive care unit into management or into being a nurse practitioner or something like that, leaving us. <laughs> and at first, I felt they were abandoning us, but then I saw... The role that we had is improving the entire organization and improving all of healthcare for the children in our area.
0: And you know, you've been um, with Cook Children's. How long have you been with Cook Children's? I've been with Cook for 26 years. I was about to guess, but yeah, 26 years. So I'm sure that you've seen, you know, people that you worked with when you started, and now those relationships that you were, you know, sort of seeding at that time have a very different harvest now than probably you ever expected. This wasn't, what I guess what I'm trying to say is this wasn't some uh, manipulative ploy. You never knew what was going to happen as a result of sort of the way you treated others. That's very true. And uh,
1: many of the people that I have worked with have gone on to um, really... Uh, excel in what they're doing. I I don't take any credit for that, but it's been fun to watch them. The lights go on and them start to see their uh, potential and taking the team spirit and the the servant leadership from
0: our environment and moving it out. And how long have you been in your current role as president of the Physician Network? I've been in this role for almost seven years. I'd love to hear about some of the changes you've seen even in sort of administrative pediatrics over that time and how you feel that uh, this uh, strategy or this um, sort of mindset of servant leadership has served you during those changes.
1: It's uh, It's been interesting to see how taking on a larger organization and um, actually interacting with uh, a bigger group of people has led to uh, a change in the complexity of the organization. I'll, I'll tell you a little story about that. If you look at the promise of Cook Children's, you notice that there's a first line that says, knowing that every child's life is sacred. Well, that was from the Physician Network's um, mission statement back in the mid-90s. And when Mr. Merrill came to Cook, he wrote a beautiful promise, didn't have that statement at the beginning of it. And he brought it to the physicians, the Physician Network, to get their approval of his promise. And we said, Mr. Merrill, that's a great promise, and we love it. However, it doesn't capture the soul of this organization, the spirit, the culture in the modern word. And we ask him to put that every child's life was sacred at the beginning of the promise. So that, to me, that's a, a perfect illustration of how the uh, servant leadership permeates the physician network and therefore also permeates the entire organization.
0: And I think that's so important, you know, because we are, I think, and probably every physician generation could say this, and you would probably be able to speak to that better than I, but it feels like things are really changing and things are really about to accelerate and change. Um, And that's one of the things that we're really going to spend a lot of time talking about on this podcast. But I think you're right in that if we can ground ourselves in something, um, then you have a platform to interact with the changes as they come along rather than sort of being tossed about by the wind in a sense and sort of just floundering to try to keep up. Uh, And I think that having a particular culture and having leadership that supports a culture of putting the patient first, you know, serving your team members first really sets us up well to respond to those changes. And so I'm hopeful that, um, you know, this will be a place where we can continually go back to the culture, but then, uh, and rely on the culture, but then be ready for change because we've got that foundation to start from. I think that uh, it's part of the interview process that we
1: when we bring in a new candidate we've already vetted their uh, skills and their education we know that they're excellent at the technical part but what we get to in the uh, interview is remember that oath you took what does that mean to you now we look for physicians who are on the cutting edge yes but still remember that we're here for the patients we're here for the children. And they hold that oath and what it means uh, to the public and to our profession right there in front of them because that's what we need in this organization. And that fits our culture is that, yes, we're going to change. We've got new technology all over the place. We are recognized in many areas as the cutting edge, but we also do all of that for the patient.
0: And I remember distinctly, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I interviewed with you and walking away thinking, oh, well, that just sort of felt like a chat. And it, clearly that was strategic to sort of get a sense of, you know, where, you know, how, I guess, my personality would fit in with the culture, because that seems to be such an important part of building our team so that we can uh, sort of continue this, the, continue to support the promise of, of the institution. Some of the principles of servant servant leadership we've we've really hit on well and I think we've sort of established and said it, it fits well for pediatric leadership. And one of the things that Dr. Turk and I talked about is that sometimes pediatricians can be a little bit passive in a sense that, you know, we know what we need. We know what our more importantly, we know what our patients need. But sometimes getting to the ask is hard. So how do you balance that? You know, idea of being a servant, but then knowing that there's probably a time where you need to cash in and say, you know, hey, we, we really need to move forward with this initiative because it takes priority. Uh, what? How do you balance that? Well, I think the
1: balance that goes back to what we were just talking about is that. Picture the child in front of you who needs whatever we're talking about. Will you go to war for that? Yes, you will. That's what. That's why you were hired, is because you know that you are that child's advocate. You are that child's knight on a, on a charger to get whatever that child needs. So there are initiatives that you get no rest from. <laughs> you wake up in the morning, and there it is, and you go to bed at night thinking about it. And though pediatricians are... Uh, by nature, less assertive. with that child in front of you and your mind, uh, that goes away. and you really get the passion.
0: Yeah, and so definitely the passion for the patient you know, can sort of push you into action for sure. And you know we talked about Dr. Turk and I talked about how, you know, a lot of times they are our patients don't have a voice in whatever venue that we're we're advocating for them, and whether that's inside the institution or, you know, in the legislature or in organizational medicine, you know, and that uh, when you're passionate about something, you're going to get a tap on the shoulder and say, hey, it's time for you to step up and lead in this area. And we hope that through some of the things that we talk about in future episodes of the podcast, um, that would kind of give some people the confidence to say, hey, it's okay to step up and be a leader. You don't have to sit back and wait. Uh, when that tap on the shoulder comes, as doctor, that's exactly how Dr. Turk put it. You know, Step up and go do it. And I think that's going to be um, a really important piece of taking pediatrics to the next level or taking leading pediatrics into the future is figuring out where we can step in and where we can take the leadership roles. And so I think that's going to be an important part of our future. So we talked a lot about servant leadership. Is there anything else that you'd um, like to add um, from your experience in your role or anything else? Well, I I think that
1: um, the thing that I take away uh, the most joy from in my job is when a team of providers, a team of of, uh, people work together, um, it almost brings me to tears when I watch a team save a child's life or when I watch a team get passion like we just talked about and go and represent the children that don't have a voice. Um, Diane Daly with the uh, Injured Child Program and uh, working with Jamie Kaufman. Those kinds of programs are just phenomenal to me. The the program we have to take care of the homeless children. Um, Each one of those really reaches out and grabs me uh, and kind of validates that, yeah, that's what I'm all about is making sure those people have what they need in order to do that so they don't have to look over their shoulder all the time and wonder, oh, gosh, are we going to have the resources? Are we going to have the support for that? So that's, that's really what excites me about this role.
0: Is there some you know, sort of other quality in a leader that you see in pediatrics that uh, is, is really important to being a strong leader in, in pediatric medicine? The
1: biggest quality I see is the, um, it's really all physicians, but in pediatrics it's much stronger to me, is to feel like that you are the advocate for that child. In my role I'm an advocate for a lot of children. And any of them left behind or left out, uh, that's on me. It's my responsibility to make sure that we take care of as many children as we can whatever situation, whatever difficulty they face. Um, so I think that that, that compassion is essential uh, in medicine in general, but in pediatrics
0: more. That's, that's great. So I think, just to sum up, you know, I think servant leadership is, uh, again, it's a um, style of leadership that I believe fits well with pediatric medicine. I think uh, Britt has really... Uh, exemplified that in so many ways um, we've seen throughout our institution. And, and just a reminder that it's not about being passive, but it's about being an advocate for those around you, making the, those around you the best that they can be. So I hope that you've learned something uh, from our time today, and I hope you'll come back next week to um, the Pediatric Leadership Podcast. You can find more episodes, or if you'd like to suggest a segment, go to checkupnewsroom.com slash
1: leadership.